What's up, you guys? Welcome back to another episode of PSA. I'm your host, Molly Lee. I'm back from Idaho. Last week was a big miss on my part, so sorry about that. But I have a special guest this week. It is my mother, Martha. Hola! Hola for the... (laughs) bilingual fans out there and bilingual listeners today i had an idea well actually my mom is the one that said she wanted to come on which was surprising but i had a topic i wanted to talk about and i think with her profession it's perfect of how to deal with people and dealing with a wide range of people with different personalities and all kinds of stuff so martha tell the people what you do remind them if this is their first time listening i'm a funeral director Mm -hmm. mortician undertaker (laughs) The Undertaker. Work in the funeral home. Yep, yep, yep. She, so my grandpa started a funeral home years ago. How many years ago now? I don't know. It's too many. He's old. And it's kind of become a family business. So my mom and uncle work there. And it's really, it's not weird to me that she's a funeral director in the sense of being around dead people. That's the number one question I get asked all the time because I've been around dead people since I was born. <laughs> Basically, same. So, same. same for her. So I, I acknowledge that that's so weird. That's a weird family trait to have, but dead people aren't weird to me. So let's just get that out of the way. So mom, one of the questions, I asked Lexi, my sister, your other daughter, to send in some stuff that she would think would be interesting for people to know about you. Because when I've asked before, like, what questions do you have for my mom about funeral directing, her life, whatever, everyone just wants to know, have you ever touched a dead person? And it's like, Yes, every day. Every day you have to do their hair and makeup. Yes, every day I touch dead people. (laughs) Don't clip that. No one clip that. Dirt in it. Anyways, but most of the questions are like that. So I asked Lexi to send in some questions. So first of all, before we get into the dealing with people and the crazy stuff you've encountered with families, what is the most interesting part of your job or the part that you find the most fascinating? Fascinating? Yeah. The part that you love the most or just that's the most interesting to you? Well, I find it kind of, I guess, interesting that everybody has a different idea of what they want. And like with a service? Expected. Yes, with a service, whether it's burial or cremation, whether you have a service. And what I really find interesting is why they think what they do. Because somebody will tell me, well, I'm afraid of fire. I'm afraid of the dark. I don't want to be... So I don't want to be cremated Mm, or I don't like bugs. So I don't want to be buried or I'm afraid of the dark. So I don't want to be buried. So even though they're dead, they still care about that stuff. Yes. I mean, not for religious reasons. Obviously, that's different. But like, that's interesting to me. Yes. Jeez. Okay. (laughs) Well, what I find fascinating about you is even in a roundabout way, both of us are obsessed with psychology because even through what you've just said, like, I know that you always come home and tell me about your day and just about the people that you've encountered and then dis- you usually don't want to hear about the day. because you sit down and you're like oh i had another dead guy roll in today and had to go to the hospital to pick him up like sometimes it's too much i didn't enter the family business for a reason i try to just tell you the real interesting stuff i'll tell you what though i know they've had a couple of shows scripted shows about a funeral home My family, we know that we say it a lot about having a reality TV show. The funeral home alone could have a reality TV show because these people are crazy. We do have lots of interesting characters. We have enough characters to make up a whole cast. Like Game of Thrones level characters. Like, (laughs) 
vast plot points here. It's it's truly interesting. I can say the things like crazy because my mom is a professional and doesn't think any any one of her clients is crazy, but I can say they're crazy because I don't work there. But okay, moving into the questions of the funeral biz. Um Lexi wants to know what family fight has been the most memorable? Well, there's been several times when we've had a wife and a girlfriend at the same service, at the same visitation. Like, did they know the about cemetery. each other? Or sometimes like... yes, and sometimes no. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they, they all know about each other. Sure. Well, most of the time, girlfriends and wives know the other one exists. Mm. And, I didn't know. I didn't um, know if you meant like ex-wives, but like current wives and girlfriends. Current wives and girlfriends at the same time, yes. See, this is some juicy drama. Y'all gotta get into the and, funeral uh, biz. <laughs> <laughs> and I had one lady... That um, at the service, she was an ex-wife, and these were older people. These weren't people in their, you know, 30s or 40s or even their 50s. They were in their 70s, I think. And um, apparently, they had been divorced for a long time, and the man was remarried and had a new wife that he'd been married to a long time, and the ex-wife still thought that she was the one that should receive the flag after they folded it at the VA cemetery and mm. handed it to the next of kin, the current wife. And she So the ex-wife, the ex-wife yes. thought she deserved it? She also <laughs> asked us why we scheduled the service when we did and didn't include her input. Mm. So she made a move and um and we kind of had to intervene just a little bit, just kind of stand right in front of her. So how many physical fights have you seen? Roundabout number. Inside the funeral home or outside the funeral home? Just anything involving your job. How many fights have you seen, like physical altercations? Well, I've had to call the police three times, I guess, to come to the funeral home and remove people. But even so. not from the funeral home, has there ever been and a And this one lady fight? called me a bitch because I knew it was going to be a problem. And so I put my phone on record and when she started cussing, we asked her to leave. Yo, bitch. <laughs> Jeez, this is some live PD stuff. But have, haven't there been, like, fist fights at services? Yes. And y'all yes. don't intervene? You just let it happen? Well, actually, this one happened in dear old Albany, Texas. Oh, hometown shout out. It did, I must say. It was quite lively. Um, <laughs> we're sitting there at the visitation, and it was at a church. And this happened in the walls of the holy, holy church here. And um, apparently the next kin didn't want someone else there. And she came anyway. Ooh. And she got tackled and punched and they were rolling around on the floor. And it was quite lively. So I know growing up you saw some of in this. In the church. In the church, yeah. And the pastor just looked at my brother and I like, well, are y'all going to do something? And we just kind of looked and said, no, it's not our job. Nope. It's not our job to do something. We're in charge nope. of the dead guy, nope. not the living family. <laughs> so I know you grew up around this too, but grandpa had some other jobs growing up. Like he had an ambulance service, that kind of stuff. So whenever he took over the funeral home, what, like, how would you explain it to your friends? Did they think it was weird? And do you still get freaked out or is it just normal to you now? No, I don't know anything that really freaks me out. Um, but I do want to tell you a story about growing up. And you've heard the story. Go ahead, I'll Mom. I'll tell your fans. The fans. There are no fans. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, so um, picture this. I'm picturing. Close your eyes, everyone. <laughs> you're a 13-year-old girl. And you're in junior high. You're in seventh grade. 
and um, your parents have a transportation company, which is so weird. Mm-hmm. You know, which that's, means that's that professional they, talk for an ambulance. No, they. Oh, these were dead people, not alive people. So if somebody dies oh, in Houston, different job. and they're going to be buried in Abilene, we have to go pick them up. That's different transporting job. the dead around to okay. where they need to be. So that's what my parents did a lot at that time before my dad opened the funeral home. So imagine you're a 13-year-old girl and um, standing, leaving school, mm-hmm. walking out of the school, and you look across the football practice field to where your parents parked to pick you up. And you see a funeral vehicle that looks like a funeral coach mm-hmm. with the bars on the side and everything. And, um, I mean, they have a name, but nobody knows what the name is. But, you know, it looked like a mortuary vehicle, a funeral coach. And you know it's there for you. <laughs> Your parents are picking you up from school mm-hmm. in a funeral coach. Mm-hmm. Because they, we had to go pick somebody up. My mom had to go to Big Spring and pick somebody up. And she's waiting on me to get out of school to go. And, um, you know, I don't know what time school got out, 3.15, something like that. And so I stood there right inside the doors on the side of the school watching until everybody left <laughs> that side of the school. And I didn't see a living soul. And then I walked across the field <laughs> as fast as I could with my head down and got in that car and slumped down so nobody could see me. And my mom said, Martha, where have you been? I've got to go to Big Spring and pick somebody up. We're going to be late. <laughs> and you're like, I don't care. I have zero sympathy for you because you've done that to me. And Grandpa's done I know, that to me my whole so life. so much fun picking you up from church that day in the funeral coach. She's picked me up from church in a <laughs> in a vehicle. She's and But not only that. It was hers. I pulled up in front hers. of the her- church and honked for you to come get in the You've hers. also done that when I was in college. You had a service in Lubbock or Amarillo, so you were driving through. And oh. you came outside of my college dorm in a hearse. <laughs> so I, have, I, I, forgot about I have zero sympathy for you. But also when we were little, like third grade, fourth grade, you would allow dad to come up to the school in one of his old beat up pickup trucks but this wasn't just like an old truck it was a scrapped together car that had no floorboard it was a pickup you could see the road flintstone no bed on it, it flintstone didn't have a style or anything it did have a couple of holes in the floorboard flintstone style floorboard I where i could pedal for the motor sure. and um it doesn't matter you anyway. allowed dad to pick me up in that and dad was never on time picking me up from school he never came to pick me up from school it was always you but he was outside right in front that day just waiting and lurking and i didn't even know it was dad and the teachers had never seen dad before so they probably thought i was getting kidnapped <laughs> can't do anything but laugh well, at least he didn't um, peel out in three gears like he did with Mitchell and his friend in it. That's true. Anyways, so I... <laughs> oh, my gosh, I didn't tell you this. I got recognized... I did tell you, I got recognized by one of your fans today. One of our fans. I I cannot handle you calling people fans that listen to the podcast. Okay, one of your friends? Yeah. Mom gets recognized in Abilene more than I do. I'm probably there more than you are. Yeah, but she comes home all the time and she's but like... she didn't ask me if I was Martha Lee. She says, are you Molly's mom? But mom so, has been asked before, are you Marf? Someone that listens and follows me said, are you Marf? And she'll come home pretty frequently, her and Lexi. I think you and Lexi get recognized more than I do. It's probably because I'm 
a hermit most times. I was say, we're out more. Yeah, but they'll come home and be like, oh my gosh, I got recognized today. It was so... And like, I kind of... I love when people will come and say hi if they see me around. I don't poof my hair when I'm telling you that. <laughs> yeah, you, you t- literally... You tuck your hair. your hair and poofed it. <laughs> yeah, you did the Debbie Ryan. You tuck the hair behind the ear and you're like, oh, I got recognized today. It's no big deal. But I, you guys just eat it up. You and Lexi do. You love it so much. Are you Molly's mom? <laughs> and you're like, yeah, I'm Martha in the flesh. They're so sweet. Your fans are so sweet. They're not fans. That girl that saw you today. Well, she is your friend. She, your she's one of, sweet. yeah, she's one of my students when I worked in Abilene. Um, okay, Lexi has more questions. This one, I don't know if it's passive aggressive or if she just wants to know. She said, are you actually happy? <laughs> <laughs> Like with your job, with life, I don't know. She just said, "Are you Why actually?" Would she asked that. Is that because I'm short-tempered when I get home, and tired, and irritated at the tiniest thing Probably. after a long day at work? Did I tell people about the the stuff with you on the podcast? Do you remember hearing that? I don't know what you're talking about. The the menopause. Be more specific. About how we thought you've been going through menopause for the last two years oh, because God. you've been a bitch. And then we, you went to the doctor and they said your levels are fine and you haven't even started menopause. <laughs> I don't know if I'd said that on the podcast yet. But I think, I don't know if that's what Lexi was referring to or if she was asking if you are actually happy with your job. Or if it's just, I, I'm going to take it in a non-bitchy context. that's a menopause question. <laughs> No, I'm going to take it in a non-bitchy context of Lexi wants to know if you're still happy every day going to work and with your job or is it just a job to you now? I like what I do. I enjoy it. You're really good at it, too. I think Thank you. like a lot of people don't realize and especially when I tell them what my mom does, like some people are freaked out at first. Others aren't. But a lot of times when I start telling them about how empathetic my mom is and how when you think about grief and what grief does to people and the fact that you're having to meet them in that moment and make big decisions for their lives and big financial decisions and things like that, because it's not just planning a service for someone you think about life insurance you think about all the stuff that you have to collect and do it's a lot of work and so many moving parts and I've watched you work and it makes me emotional because you're very good at it and you do it so seamlessly thank you and actually I just got done working some a little bit at home yeah you work all the time let's talk this is an intervention (laughs) oh by the way I want to say hi to your friend Maddie Slack Oh, she Maddie! Said hi to yes, today. that's the one that's out. You at Chili's you today? Yeah. We got dinner at Chili's because we're middle class <laughs> and fine with it. <laughs> I work late. You did work late. It was a it was a last. You know, last decision. night it was so nice to come home and you'd already cooked supper. Is this a dig on the podcast? Because I you asked to you today more? if you'd do supper. Well, you, you asked said, me. You asked um, me to cook stroganoff today, and I refused no, to cook stoganoff. I, said, I wanted stroganoff, and I was going to cook. And it. I didn't say anything. I said you can do that, but you Did know, you hear me I asked you to brown the meat as you hung up. No, I would have <laughs> done that for you. I would have browned the meat, but I refused to put the stroganoff meal together because I think it's atrocious. We're fighting. Okay, this next question from Lexi says, do you think this job has made you more empathetic from working with all different kinds of people or made you more bitter from working with all kinds of people? I don't think I'm bitter. I don't think you're bitter either. I guess it's just more of an outlook thing of like, are you more pessimistic about humanity or optimistic because of this job? Because any job where you work with people, like my jobs working with people were much different because there were also spiritual implications. It's like, 
if I made a mistake in my job, some pe- some person could be hurt not only because of me, but they could have something spiritually that they need to deal with now, just because that was the nature of my job. So I imagine with your job, in a different light, working with a lot of grief and the lowest moment of most people's lives when they're coming to you and having you do their funeral for a loved one, do you think it's made you more optimistic and more, I don't know, not agreeable, but you know what I mean? Has it made you more empathetic or do you feel like you're a bit more pessimistic about society and the state of the world? I don't think I'd say yes or no to any of those, but what I do think is that it really has opened my eyes a lot because I guess I lived kind of a sheltered life. <laughs> my mom up. my mom was a stay-at-home mom for me until I was a junior in high school. So I also still have problems with how much she works because I'm a brat. And I'm like, you should be <laughs> waiting on me hand and foot. But I had a good growing up. I mean, other than the whole, you know, dead people everywhere thing. <laughs> sure, had, there's that. <laughs> I had a normal, happy childhood, mm-hmm. um, you know, with my home and my parents and my grandparents and everything. And... Um, So one of the things that surprises me now, still, all the time, is how many people don't have people. Like don't have family and friends around them? Don't have family and friends. Um, Don't have um, a relationship with the family and friends that they do have. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like how much bitterness there is and estrangement there is that people aren't willing to work through until it's too late kind of thing. Yes, exactly. And, you know, oh, you know, because... When you're taking information and filling out paperwork and things like that, you have to have, um, you know, information for the death certificate. So many people don't even know their parents' names. Mm -hmm. They don't know their parents' real names. They certainly don't know their mother's maiden name and those kinds of things. I know too much information about you. I will never let um, that happen I'm just thinking, how can you not know, you know, how can you not know these things? So it just makes me really reflect on how fortunate I was growing up. It puts things into perspective. For sure. Yeah so because I was so lucky my first grandparent did not die till I was 31 years old so I had mine all through growing up and um you know through marriage and all your kids and my kids even knew um I mean they're kind of young but really young but you know they know them and they're lucky to have pictures with them so that's something that I just think is really sad whenever I see that yeah that people What's, are so estranged from their families. So is that the hardest part of your job or what would you say is the hardest part That's of your job? That's very hard because it makes me very sad and you know we're supposed to be uh, um, professional and never cry and you know in front of the family but sometimes you know even at services or if I'm you know waiting on a family you know I just cry I can't help it sometimes it's you know I've never had a family seem offended that I did but I have done that yeah. on more than one occasion. So. Well, I think, too, that could be really comforting for people to know that it's almost like being affirmed that the worst moment of their life is as bad as it seems in a weird way, because I think sometimes our brains can process trauma or like as a deflection or protective factor, be like, this isn't that bad. There's worse stuff happening in the world. But I think, too, when you have someone like you that's in the room with them, that not even for sake of being bad, but just starts feeling the emotions too. I could see how that's really affirming of like, I'm allowed to feel what I need to, you know? Well, I hope they feel that way. And that's certainly not something that happens frequently, but, um, you know, it does happen. And so hopefully they just realize that that means I care. Yeah. Okay. I do have a question because a lot of people always used to ask me as a joke, like, do you think you'll go into the funeral business as well? And I think more than any kid 
or grandchild. Well, there's been a push for one of my cousins too, but I think there's been a huge push for me to join in with the family business and also counseling. I know counseling do a, do a right one two <laughs> do a one two punch of Gardner Funeral Home. That's my mom's maiden name, but Gardner Funeral Home plus Lee Counseling Services. <laughs> but why do you think? Do you think it's because we're so similar, or what qualities do you see inside of me that would make me good for that job? You're very sweet. And I don't know that anyone's ever said I was sweet. Oh, I think you're sweet. And, um, you know, the whole counselor thing. Not everybody wants to be a counselor and listen to people's problems and help them through it. Yeah. Which is something. You do a lot of a unintentional. We do that. That's part of our job. We have to do all kinds of things. Yeah, in our you, job. I was about to say, you do a lot of we unintentional to, grief counseling. We have to be counselors. Sometimes we have to be the mediators yeah. and the referees in the fight. And um, a lot of times, um, you know, I'll tell families, well, you know, this, this would be nice. You know, that would be a nice, quote, goodwill gesture on your part. You know, if families are disagreeing or, you know, I certainly offer, you know, compromises as an outsider to give to them. And most of the time, um, those have been well received. They haven't always taken the advice, but I've never felt um, that a family didn't like what I was telling them or, you know, yeah. was upset with me yeah. for what I was saying to them. Sure. Okay. So to switch gears for a second, like I said, it's a family business. I don't think people realize how much of a family business that is. this is. You literally work with your dad and your brother every day. So what's it... What's it like working with them? Because they're two big personalities. People have seen Grandpa on the on TikTok, on Instagram, and his shenanigans. But what's it like to work for them every day? And does that get in the way of you doing your job? Sometimes. Um, <laughs> I tell people that, you know, working with family, um, the good thing is I don't get fired if I show up late <laughs> or don't show up at all. Um, the bad thing is you're working with family. Sure. <laughs> but there again, like I said before, some people don't even have any family. So anybody that's in a family business or especially if you're self-employed, you know, anybody that's self-employed works all the time. Mm -hmm. You have to. And, um, you know, when you're in a family business, you know, obviously most of the time you're self-employed. So you spend a lot of time with your family and, um, of course, that makes you appreciate them less when you spend every waking right. minute with somebody. I but, think I um, think that's the biggest thing that's kept me from working at the funeral home. Because like I said, it, dead people don't freak me out. It's not that. It's not the nature of the job. I actually think I would be good at it. My thing is, uh, and I'm a hard worker. I don't want you to not hear that. I'm such a hard worker. I almost become too much of a workaholic. But it's like when I'm in health, it's kind of like an Enneagram thing or personality thing. In health, I'll be the hardest worker in the room when I'm not healthy or when other stuff's going on or when honestly I'm just disinterested. You could not pay me to show up to work on time or to do anything. And especially when it's you and grandpa and uncle Scott, I would be the worst employee you guys ever had. I'd be like, oh my gosh, I've got a lunch. I've got a lunch from noon to five today. So I, <laughs> I can't be there. Well, I was fixing to say, why don't you work part-time? <laughs> You're sitting here telling me I need to hire a secretary and assistant because right. I've got too much to do. Sometimes you have to know your limits. I've been a secretary for a lot of my life, and I don't want to do that. You've mastered that. You're ready to move on to something else. I don't even think I've mastered it. I think I was never good at it because I don't care enough about other people's schedules. <laughs> so I'm, I shouldn't say that. I'm good at administrative things. 
But there was something about for me, like I have to catch the vision of things. And I think it would be fine because I do honor and respect you and grandpa truly and look up to you guys. And I think the world of you. So I would want to work hard for you guys. But I think it would also be bad for me that I would be so petrified of disappointing you and messing up. When You know, I have a question. When did secretarial or clerical turn into admin? I don't know. Now it's it's cohesive because that's what one of my recent jobs was that we've talked about a lot. One of my last jobs that I had before I quit <laughs> with, <off> the grid, <laughs> with this buffoonery was working for a place that really took advantage of my time and made me kind of do everything when I was supposed to be a like planning event person, that type of thing. So I don't know when that happened, but... I think that's a fear of getting back into that job. Thoughts? <laughs> you have nothing to say. A question in that? I don't think so. I think I'm just venting now and I probably should move on because no one cares about this. Um, okay, one of the final questions that I have for you in the funeral biz, unless you have other stories you want to share, is tell me something like funny or weird about the funeral industry, like a funny story or weird things that have happened. We want to know. Okay, people sometimes make me laugh because... For example, the I already mentioned the way that they feel or why they feel what they feel. But what I think is kind of funny is what the people want back. And I know different things are sentimental. But for example, before somebody goes to the crematory, somebody might say, well, dad has a glass eye and I want it. Or like as a keepsake. Yes. What are they going to do with that? I had a guy that said he wanted to put it as the grab handle the top part where you hold on a cane <gasps> like a... yes i promise and um my jaw is dropped open right now um you know well mom had a knee replacement back in you know 1997 and i'd like that knee you know the hardware the metal in the body they want the hardware something like that like as a keepsake memory or like to reuse i don't know i don't think you can reuse it but maybe they wanted to recycle it for the you know the metal i don't know but dentures people sometimes want dentures back i wouldn't think those are you know those aren't universal i don't know maybe there's a denture donation i have a shiver i have a constant shiver down my spine right now as you're saying all of this i don't know but then you turn around and somebody wants to bury, you know, their person with maybe some kind of heirloom piece of jewelry. Like a million dollar piece of jewelry and Something they're like, like send not it to the necessarily, grave. I mean, yes, monetary value, but not even necessarily monetary value. Um, you know, I have husbands or wives that want to bury their loved one, you know, with their wedding ring all the time. And I just think it's just our perspective that we're like, why would you not pass that on to someone? Exactly. So it it always surprises me. And, um, you know, about how people feel differently about stuff. But um, when the glass eye came up. Yeah, that you can't get over the glass (laughs) eye. That is one responsibility that I delegated to my brother. I said, go get this guy's glass eye and bring it to put it in an envelope. Bring it to me so I can give it to I guess that is a good thing about working with family. Hey, go get this guy's glass eye. Yeah, so that was kind of, that was funny. Okay, but one of the things about working in the funeral business that I would not be good at is at this point in my life, it's not even me being mean or anything, genuinely. I just can't hide my face anymore about stuff. So if someone asked me to go get their loved one's glass eye out of their glued shut embalmed loved one's face, I would just look at them like they were the craziest person in the world. Because to me, I don't even know. It's like, I guess I have a philosophy that life's too short to 
like hide your opinions or conform them for other people like you don't have to share your opinions all the time but you shouldn't necessarily have to change that kind of thing so I used to be so nice and so kind and I don't know if the world just scarred me too much but now I just can't hide my face and I will let you know if I think something's dumb one thing I'm very proud of is that I can take it all in stride Mm -hmm. and my expression won't change I'm not shocked or surprised. So when they asked me to get the glass eye so they could turn it into their cane, Mm -hmm. then that didn't surprise me. Because I think people try to shock and surprise me sometimes, especially people say, well, I'm going to make my own casket. Okay, you know, bring it on, buddy. That's fine. One thing about the the industries that we've worked in of ministry, nonprofit work in the funeral industry, they're very, very different. But one thing that both of us can say now is we are not shocked by anything. There's nothing someone could say to me that would make me shocked or disappointed in them at all, because I've seen the craziest of crazy. I've seen the kindest of kind. You just see the full range of emotions when you're working with people that genuinely nothing would shock or surprise me anymore especially when death occurs they people always in the death care industry mm. say that it definitely brings out the best in people or the worst in yeah. people so and we've goodness seen both. goodness gracious well i'm just i don't i think maybe i'll be gracious enough again in the future but right now i'm kind of in like a rebellious phase where i just I don't have grace for You'll be on the payroll one time, Molly. I don't don't say that. (laughs) Don't speak that over me or else it will happen. I don't know that I can ask this question and I can cut this out if not, but have you guys ever really, really messed up and like cremated someone that was supposed to be buried or vice versa? We have not. That has happened um in the past for whatever reason. With like other funeral homes, you mean? Well, it has happened, yes. Not at our funeral home. We haven't done that. But in the history of... I'm sure. A funeral directing. <laughs> it's happened. Funeral homes and crematories. Yes, it's happened. And it usually involves a lawsuit and a big insurance settlement. And Yeah. Man. Um, oh, but I'll tell you. Go ahead. I can't tell you on here, but I'll tell you a story about oh, that. Oh, after. Oh, you guys can't know about it. Mom, did you know that I've had multiple people offer that if you had a Patreon channel, do you know what that is? It's not like a what? A Patreon. Do you know what that is? It's not it's like, like pay per view. <laughs> well, kind of, it but it's not like um um what's the sexual you one? Oh. <laughs> it's like I don't the sexual it's pay-per-view? The OnlyFans. It's oh. not OnlyFans. I thought you meant Cinemax or something. Cinemax. People, so with Patreon, like, with Patreon, you can start your own channel and people subscribe and pay money every month and you can put out extra videos, podcasts, whatever you want through that. So and basically, sell your dirty underwear. That no, kind of that's on, that's something else. You do that through like eBay, you do that on the dark web and you do that through OnlyFans. This isn't that. But people have told me that if you started a Patreon, it's just good, clean, fun. People just pay for it. So I could have like extra podcasts every month or extra videos or vlogs that only get uploaded to the Patreon. So only people who pay can see it. And people have said that if you started a Patreon, they would subscribe. Okay, well, you can set that up for me. <laughs> what would you talk about? What would you do on there? What would you vlog? Funeral, oh, funeral time. I thought the... it was just like you follow me around with a camera for part of the day and show people. What I'm doing. I mean, that could be it, but that's what I'm asking. What do you want to do? Because, like, you upload it. You set the standard. So what would your Patreon be like? Oh, there'd probably be a lot of me griping at my dad to take his medicine <laughs> and my brother to pick up his empty water bottles. <laughs> that, that, that 
takes up a lot of my day. Thrilling. So you guys, if you want to pay to see Marp being a tyrant, let us know. <laughs> when I, there was one time I walked into the funeral home and this was right after my mom had started working there. So I was probably a senior in high school and I was walking through the kitchen and all through the kitchen, there were post-it notes on the cabinets that said like, shut this cabinet and clean up after yourself. Your mom doesn't work here, that type of stuff. And it was Martha being passive aggressive and putting sticky notes everywhere for her dad and brother to read. One of them was, um, I don't care if your food gets cold, clean this up before you leave the room. I don't think they did it. And another one was, um, keep this fucking door shut. (laughs) Hard F-bomb there. This is going to have to be explicit because of Martha. You can beep it out. I will not. Can't you bleep it out? I'm not going to. That's so much extra work. If you're going to let it fly, we're going to let it fly. Well, you asked me what my notes said, so. Sure. The said. children do listen to this. <laughs> she just made a face that I wish we recorded the podcast with the video. See, that's why I said I'm glad it's radio, not TV. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, um... Something that someone... Oh, I want to know. Okay. What? I picked you up at the airport a few days ago. Yeah. I don't even know what date it is. And this is the first time I've ever picked you up in the airport, either without some kind of costume on... Or or poster. Or a poster or a sign. Mm -hmm. What did you think about that? I mean, I barely came in. I didn't even come in the building. Yeah, I thought you were lying because every single time, and I mean every time, I want everyone to hear me, there's not been a single time my mom has picked me up from the airport and not done done some embarrassing shenanigan. And I had told her this time, like, I'm so tired. Please don't do anything embarrassing. Like, I just, <laughs> I just want to get in the car and go home. But I don't trust her because she loves... She loves the airport pickup for some reason. The airport pickup shenanigan. One time when I came home from Mexico, she got my whole family to dress up as Nacho Libre characters. Um, when I came home from London, she was wearing a really... <laughs> she, when I came home from London, she had a really terrible hat on and a scepter. It wasn't really a scepter. It was just a curtain rod. And she had a poster that said something about the queen and her being the real queen. It was very embarrassing. Um, when I got my nose pierced in Mexico at a different time, she... I made my crown out of a butter tub. <laughs> yes, yeah, she had... And back to the London one. Mom, you you gotta jump in when I'm talking about the story. You can't bounce around, Scouter Brain. Yeah, she made a, she made a crown out of a butter tub because redneck. Uh, but then another time when I went to Mexico for spring break and got my nose pierced and came back home, um, her and my sister had on these really horrible fake nose rings and had a bunch of posters that talked about me getting my nose pierced. But she let Lexi do the posters, so there were like a thousand spelling errors <laughs> on the poster. That's not true. Yeah, nose pierced was spelled wrong. It was not spelled right. It was the nose pierce tour wherever. What yeah. year was that? I don't know. I don't even know. 2017? 2018? No. Remember the big banner we had for Nacho Libre? Yeah, you guys had flags and banners. It was, it's been a lot. I said, welcome to the wrestling academy slash nunnery. <laughs> I think, yeah, I just didn't trust you. I really didn't trust that you weren't having some elaborate costume. And then you went to the wrong level. You went to departures instead of arrivals. So then when I couldn't find you, I was like, 
this is going to be more elaborate than anything she's ever done. So then when I saw you come out of the airport, like I was you expecting two stories, yes, two stories above you and I just could not even Stand imagine. On the ground. Standing on the ground. I could not even imagine the scene that was happening below me. Like I just I knew that a parade was going to come out, some kind of nonsense. Um, so then when you exited the elevator, just you as yourself, I was shocked, honestly. I, I'm going to say it. I was a little not disappointed, but surprised. I guess you were just trying to honor my wish, but I was like, she's changed. I know. I want to know. But I hope you're disappointed because I don't really want that to happen again. There was a twinge. With a poster. There was a twinge of disappointment, but I wouldn't say, I don't know. It's like I get, I don't get embarrassed often, but I think when it's my family, I get embarrassed when they do weird things because I can't stop them. Like no matter what I say, they're not going to stop. And if other people are doing something embarrassing, I can stop them. Or make them feel bad enough to quit. But you won't. You just keep going. You know, one of the things I do that you're so embarrassed, I just don't understand, is the woohoo. Oh, my gosh. My mom has a signature call. We'll be in the grocery store and we all get mixed up and we just hear woohoo. And it is so embarrassing for some reason. I don't know. Or if I'm trying to get somebody's attention. There's nothing okay, wrong with but a woohoo. Because I see it as a little passive aggressive and rude when there's a waiter that's very overwhelmed and you're trying to get their attention, and instead of waiting for them to come to you, you're like, woohoo, woohoo. I just see that as mean. <laughs> it's not a mean woohoo. I just think we have two totally different worldviews on that because you are not trying to care in the situation at all. You're not trying to be mean genuinely. You're just trying to help them out by like, oh, where are we? I need something. But I just die inside every time you do it, and I don't know why. I don't do it to the, the servers. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It no, just... I, all I do is when I start looking, you know, if we need something and I start turning my head to look around, you say, don't woohoo. Don't woohoo. And you don't. And I I haven't ever woohooed her. But I can see every time I say don't woohoo, I see it on your tongue that you're fighting it. You're about to woohoo the hell out of that place. And I'm like, Martha. I just want to do it because you told me not to do it. See, I get it from you. You get mad that I get defiant like that. But there's nothing wrong. If you see your friend or somebody you know or somebody you want to say hi to, either across the parking lot or wherever, (laughs) there is nothing wrong with woohoo. Hi, Patty. Shut up, Patty Jones. Okay, you know, if Patty's I, across the street downtown and I'm across the highway downtown, there's nothing wrong with woohoo, hey Patty. <laughs> okay, this is also coming from the parents that taught us that flipping each other off was a version of saying hi and honking at each other was fun. I would honk at my friends in college genuinely thinking that it was a friendly honk and they were like, that is the rudest thing you could have ever done. When I'm, I was like, I don't understand. Like to me, a honk is neutral. It can be mean, but it can also be really nice. See, that whole situation explains so much about the world today. Don't get don't get too deep. <laughs> Come back up, Martha. We don't want to go there. <laughs> no, but I get it. It's it all comes I talk about this all the time on the podcast. It comes down to worldview and perspective. We have two different intent. perspectives on the woohoo and the intent. See, the intent behind it is just sweet. I Love. think I just can't trust your woohoo intent. Woohoo. <laughs> anyways mom thanks so much for coming on the pod today 
I don't think I have any more questions for you. I wish I had more, but I think we just need to keep it short and sweet for the summer. Also, a reminder to everyone, Movie Club starts this Monday. And someone that's excited for Movie Club is Martha. And I'm going to try to get Martha to come on some Mondays and help me talk about movies, break them down, her favorite parts, that kind of thing. Because my taste of movies, so much of it comes from my mom. So I'm so excited for it. If you haven't seen on Instagram... With Movie Club starting this Monday, usually I'll announce the movie at the end of every Monday episode. Obviously, that can't happen since it's the first one. Our first movie is Crazy Rich Asians. It was so highly suggested by people when I asked, and it also happens to be one of my favorite movies, so it works out great. But make sure that you watch it. I posted a slide showing where all you can watch it for free or if you already have subscriptions. And I think that's it. Send me your thoughts. I can't wait to talk about it. Mom, any final thoughts? People love Marf. They love to hear from you. Thank you for having me. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. You can follow me on all socials at MollyLee31 and the podcast on Instagram only at Painfully Self-Aware Podcast. And I'll talk to you guys next week. See ya.